Welcome to West Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host Andrew Lipson and Jess. And we are here doing our final episode of the year. <laughs> uh, this is a very uh, different kind of episode that we'll be doing this time around. Uh, we hope that folks who are listening, our family, uh, friends, podcast, this is the time for us to share how we have been uh, this year. Lately, uh, Jess, who has been absent <laughs> because of her uh, sabbatical, I guess we could say, or or her or her time off from what's left. So I'm excited for this episode. So that's what we'll, what we will be doing this for this episode. We will be doing a catch up, and uh, hopefully it'll be lighthearted for our audience, which we normally tackle very challenging topics and. Uh, this time around, we'll try to do something uh, a bit light. And I don't know. It sounds like you guys have some drama going on in your lives. So <laughs> yeah, <I'm- yeah. laughs> <laughs> there are some things to report. But I, first of all, Kenny wanted to be here as well. Um, yeah. We couldn't work out the time of recording. And, and it looked like if we were going to record, it was going to have to be without Jessica if we were going to have Kenny. And really... When Eduardo was really when you reached out to me, uh, it was really when you reached out to me on the <laughs> on the WhatsApp, and then we had it was me, you, and Jessica talking on the phone together, um, and we could see each other. That I was like, oh, this I just want to do a catch up episode. I want to, I want to just, you know, I, I just want to hear from Jessica and have her hear from us. Um, of course, I wanted to include Kenny, but really, this is really about Jessica being here today, in, in my opinion. I have the least interesting. Um, well, I'm sorry. You're going to have to put up with our questions, and you're going to have to hear from us then. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, am, I am bummed Kenny couldn't make it though. Yeah, but yeah. I know it's on daddy duty. So yeah, and there are a lot of crazy, kind of scary things going on in the world. But I'm just not interested in thinking about those right now. Although probably they'll partially come in on some of these stories we tell. But. Um, I'm mostly interested in just doing something fun and uh, something that's like just connecting to people we haven't heard from in a while, Jessica. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Let's do it. What's been going on? Maybe, <laughs> and maybe in many ways, maybe I should start. Yeah, you should sure. start. Okay. Why don't you? You've got drama in your life. <laughs> yeah. And where look you know brandy and i are doing great uh i've had a great time in dallas with my family a very meaningful moment with my niece and nephew niece and nephew and nephew and nieces and uh sister-in-law and it was and my mom um so it was a very meaningful christmas holiday break um but mostly in order to i guess mostly since jessica you've been gone if i was to describe a theme of what's been happening for me it's been about work. Um, and uh, I, you know, people know I work at Arm Preparatory Academy or a middle school. Um, and I've liked it there. And, and in fact, uh, I've been there now for about two years. Um, and in reality, um, even though it's still institutional education, I really like my colleagues. I'd like my boss and had, had a good work uh, relationship with my manager. Um, and, uh, and pr- had pretty much thought that I would 
pretty much retire there, like about three years. Um, one of the good things about this school is you get an advisory. And normally I don't like an advisory. It's like a homeroom. And normally I don't like that. But what you get is you, you pick up a group of sixth graders and then you they stay with you until seventh grade. And then you, they stay with you until eighth grade. And then you graduate them. And, and I have a group. My advisory is called the Coyotes. And the reason it's called Coyotes is the person who was starting there before me went to a college, which their mascot was a coyote. So you use your college mascot. Um, so I'm using their their mascot, but we're called the Coyotes. Um, and it's been great. It's been one of the most meaningful parts of being there in terms of student-wise is just been being with this small core of students, about 13 or 14, from sixth grade to seventh grade to eighth grade. And I had intended to pretty much pick up one more group, you know, graduate this eighth grade and then pick up another set of sixth graders next year, go to seventh and eighth grade, and then be done with institutional education and look for like freedom schools to be working on. Um, well, I just would say there's been a leadership change there and that leader has gotten rid of a lot of people. Um, a lot of people that I liked. Um, and some of the people have just left because they didn't like the new leader. Um, and, um, and two things. One is, um, it's clear to me that being to stay at the school, I'm going to have to, I won't have to get a jab or anything like that, but it's clear to me that I'm going to have to teach like almost a standardized curriculum. Like I'm not going to be able to develop my own curriculum, which is what I've always done all my life. Um, and I'm just not interested in that. And, and so that has gotten me to move on. And then like, I think I sent you guys some emails. Um, one of the recent events was a very well-liked psychological counselor was let go uh, because that person has been critical of our executive director. Um, and that person, the person who was let go was well-liked by the students and was having all these great relationships with students and getting them to speak about some of the trauma they've gone through. And just because essentially a person doesn't like being disagreed with, she's being canned in the middle of the year. And literally like the week before Christmas almost, um, which to me was like some fucking shit out of Christmas Carol and Scrooge. Cause it's a single mother with her, with a kid um, who's losing their job, but also all these students are losing a relationship. And, um, I, I and a few others were pretty outspoken about opposing this. Um, and I sent you some stuff about, you know, how uh, we had publicized this among the students um, and publicized this among the parents and said, if you don't like this, let the principal know or let the executive director know because it's not the principal. Um, and I, the students definitely did. Um, and as you saw, I got a, a letter on the 26th of December, basically saying, what was it, a, a warning for inciting armed protests. Um, and, uh, you know, I, as the letter states, you know, when they, when, when it was asked, you know, or at least when they said, you know, who had written this letter that was telling the students about it, I had volunteered that it was me, because it was me. Um, and when they said, you can't do that anymore, I said, I will do it. I will do it more, and I will do it again, because I believe the students have the right to know, and when people, when they lose teachers or lose adults um, that are, are meaningful to them um, and so that they can have a say in it. So uh, I got this letter. Um, I think there's going to be a stand. At one point, it wasn't really clear to me whether or not this was like the, a setup to like getting rid of me. Um, I don't think that's what it is. 
Um, but nevertheless, this was kind of the last straw for me in terms of re not really getting that letter. Actually, the what happened with the, the counselor was pretty much the last straw. Um, and I'm just, I'm not going to be at ARM next year. Um, and I've decided that. And the good news is, um, like literally that same week that I was realizing I wasn't going to be at ARM, um, a person who is in the freedom community here, his name is Jamin, who works with the luminaries, the people we interviewed. Um, he had worked with the luminaries. He's been working with a freedom school or a freedom-like school, but very much an independent, like PMA. Um, Jessica, do you remember what PMA stands for? Private member, private, private membership association, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and it's a faith-based private membership association. Um, it's called LiveWell. It's in Livermore. Um, and he's leaving that job. And he was like, would you want, be interested in taking that job? And it would start in August next year. Um, and I reached out to the people just before Christmas. They were very enthusiastic about my resume and what they saw in my LinkedIn pro profile and what Jamin had told them about me. Um, we talked on the 27th of December when I came back. We talked for like two or three hours. Um, it's clear we're very aligned on a lot of issues, like the freedom issues, freedom education, free educate, like a freedom education, freedom, medical, medical freedom, a free birth. Like she also knows about some of the stuff we've talked about, like the free birth stuff. Um, and there are other areas where we're, where we're differences, but we talked about those as well. But it's clear, I think this is the person I could really work with. And, and after talking to Jamin, you know, I'm going to accept that job. Um, it won't start, like I said, till next August, but it will be lower pay. Um, but it's enough pay to get by. And it's much more aligned with what I want to do in education. Um, it's definitely a different set of students. Um, and it's going to be like a smaller class. Like I'm going to be working with like six kids from as old as 16 to as young as eight and working with them together like that. Um, and Jamin said that's a, that can be a challenge, but he says it's great. Um, and I, you know, I told her, I feel like I've got a lot to learn about doing this. Um, but I'm very excited about it. Not everything. Like, I think there are still some things to be decided, even if they accept me once I accept the offer and things like that, there are still some things that could get in the way of that. I don't want to speak of those because they have to do with like stuff that is going on elsewhere. But, um, I'm I'm very optimistic uh, that this is what my future is is coming in, in my near future, um, and it will be good to get out of institutional education. Um, it'll be good to get out of public school, private school, charter school, anything that that sniffs of the government. Um, and and this they they have set themselves up to be completely independent from the government through the PMA, so that the government cannot. When, when they impose whatever kind of things, they can be completely free of that. Um, so I'm excited about that. And I think it's, uh, if, it, if it pans out, which I will be, I'll know more in the coming weeks, possibly. Uh, it's, um, it's, I think it's going to be, it'll be another chapter to report on here on what's left. So I just wanted to share that with you. That's exciting. Congratulations. I mean, it's, I know it's, Maybe too early to say congratulations, but it sounds. I think like it's. I think congratulations is right. 
at the very least of setting an intention, just like you had for yourself of about two months ago, when you had set an intention of, of going on a different course. Um, I think congratulations is right. Do I know for a fact, like this, this, this will be the specific job that I'll get? No. But I think I'm much closer now to getting to where I want to be. Um, and if I stay in institutional education, it's only because I can't find the opportunities in the freedom realm. But I think it's just a matter of time. Was this the, the interview that you had just this week? Yeah. Um, it's so crazy to me how, you know, like one catastrophe happens that you feel like a door is closing and then like. Boom. I don't know. That's exactly what happened to me in 2021. It was like, oh my God, shit. I'm like two weeks away from losing my job. Oh, offered a better job. <laughs> like, what? Well, and yeah, and like literally, I feel like it was in the same week that like, and Jamin had not talked to me in a while. Like, I mean, we we, we check in every once in a while, but yeah, I, I workers and students for twice. His name sounds so familiar to me. I He's been around us, but he, is, he has not been to a workers and students for choice meeting. But he's been maybe, like, the, maybe the luminaries ladies mentioned him. I don't yeah. know his name. Yeah, familiar. Yeah, is uh, I think his name was Benjamin, but he goes by Jamin. Oh, like oh yeah, okay. I definitely have encountered his name in so, somewhere because now that's okay. ringing bells too. And he's a great guy. So and I really appreciate him thinking of me when when he's you know thinking of moving on. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited for you. Thank you. And so we'll be telling you more. Um, you know, I, I do. I'm glad or I'm, I'm, I'm going to be staying at Arm in, in January and February and March and hopefully till May and let these eighth graders um, graduate. And at first, I was disappointed at the idea that I wasn't going to do one more round of six, seven and eight. But I don't feel that way anymore. Um, and I've come to the conclusion or come to a deeper sense that as much as it, as much as it's important from I have built relationships with these students in my advisory and others, but in these advisory and I have built lasting relationships with these, with the parents, because I've known them for a few years now of these students. But I realize now that those relationships ultimately are in service of keeping them inside these institutions. And I'd like my relationships to be free of that. That's my story. Andy, you've gone from, from a major institution, public education, right? Yep. And, and then suddenly to another institution that you thought was possible to right. work with. And now you're moving on to something else. Your transition as an educator, it's just evolution. Play. It's like public ed education, charter school, freedom school. Well, and <laughs> if you think about it, Eduardo, when we had this discussion about me staying in public education during the lockdown and you doing your pod and how I am now closer to the pod, <laughs> you know, now, um, and I'm moving more in that direction that you were in, that you maybe had some reservations about. Um, and uh, so that has been, and Mission High School was like, you know, it's a well-known school. It's had a book about it and I'm out of that game altogether. Yeah. 
You are. Um, who's next? Jess. I want to know well, about you, Jess. You're next. Let's go with Eduardo, and then we'll, we'll finish Jess. with Jessica. Eduardo, you're next. Why people can uh, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have anything interesting to share. I'll just say... How long have you I been in ever... now? I have been here, uh, let's see, I I have been here since uh, October. So I went back to uh, California for a month and then I came back. So I was, so I've been here since Ju July, August, September, I went back to California and then I came back here in October, November, December. And I have been dealing with um, visa issues. So I'm working on my visa extension. Uh, so that's what I was doing today. And it was very stressful trying to figure out all the logistics, all the paperwork and trying to get flights and cancel them because that's what you have to do. You have to prove that you're leaving the country. But then I don't know when I'm leaving the country or if I'm going to Ecuador or if I'm doing something else, I'm not sure yet because I had planned to go down south. And um, so I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. And and then there was also the possibility of going back to Hawaii um, for a little bit. But I'm just not sure where my life is. <laughs> it's just everywhere. So <laughs> it's not very... Well, maybe the question I would ask is uh, what looking... You, you've been there, you've been away from here, the Bay Area, which is a home yeah. for you for, for several months. And what, looking back on it, what you left looking for what? You left looking for what thing? And have you found it or have you, have you changed your goals in, in leaving? Um, I guess I'm curious about that. I mean, I, I think I've, I've, I've always been used to leaving coming back either home base has been like mexico right like that's for me home base and then going back to california and then the reason why it felt very long is because of the lockdowns i wasn't to leave i wasn't able to leave the country so it's what 2020 2021 i had to stay in but normally before that you know it was always if you think about it andy i mean we've done episodes where i've been in france where i've been in spain yeah. uh you know been abroad and so uh it's just that's the life i'm used to i'm used to living sometime in mexico sometime in california and then spending months elsewhere this is the way i i like to do things uh i don't know that that's just how i was brought up that's how i was raised so it feels comfortable to me um i have a lot of things in in California, but I also have a lot of my other stuff, like notebooks and a lot of clothes and in my at my grandmother's house in my room there. Uh so it that that's what it feels like. What am I looking for? Uh I don't know if I'm looking for anything. I, I feel I feel most comfortable being in Latin America away from the USA mm. for some time. I am sad that I'm not in my own country at this time because uh, it feels, I was like last week discussing this uh, with uh, my roomie 
here who is from Venezuela and he misses going back to Venezuela to spend time with his family and he doesn't have money to do so. And I miss being with my family. And during this time, I'm usually in Mexico from December to March for three months. So I'm, I get nostalgic and, and then I get very depressed. And so and during these, these, these dates, cause it's a very special time, but uh, I'm building sort of a community here and building a, a sort of a structured life and routine here and getting used to being here in Bogota, Colombia, uh, which is very, uh, it reminds me when I used to go back to France a lot, I used to feel isolated and then you get used, that's somehow about living somewhere for some time. You get used to the architecture, the streets, the people, the noises, uh, the local shops, and then you begin to feel, begin to feel a familiarity with your environment. And I remember I used to hate, hate Paris. And I used to say to people, oh, I don't know why people always love Paris. And, you know, they always love and they romanticize too much France and everything. And then when I was there, it just, you, you, do, you do develop like a, a love-hate relationship with the city that you live in for a while when you get over time. And that's how I feel about Bogota, Colombia. I liked it. Now I love Bogota, Colombia. I feel very close to my neighbors. I feel close to the friends here. I build a community here. I have people I can go to, I can call, I can, I feel very close to the, the, the people at the shops and, uh, and I can walk anywhere knowing, you know, which places not to go at night and which places I feel most safe in. It's a very large metropolis city and it makes me feel like I'm in Mexico city, except it's different in that the, there's a cultural difference. Like Colombian culture is different. I don't like, I hope my, Anyone who's listening who is Colombian don't doesn't get offended. I don't I don't like the gastronomy here. I don't like Colombian food, so I have to make my own food. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just it ate a lot of rice. The climate is very good for rice to to as a crop. And uh so I don't like it, but they also have a lot of meat. So maybe that's why I'm also losing out on dishes that are Colombian dishes, right? So but in general, I don't think they have very good gastronomy. I'm sorry. I'm Mexican and we have a lot, a lot, a lot of different specialties in a lot of states. And the number one best gastronomical food is Mexican food in the USA. So <laughs> it's like wherever I go, it's like it's adored. Everyone loves Mexican food. You know, you it, as simple as like, oh, I'm just going to get that, pick up some chips and salsa. <laughs> <laughs> and so you never hear, oh. I love Colombian food. You know, <laughs> I mean, sorry, this is such a this is such a, a, a what do you call it? This 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 such a this to to my Colombian friends, but I'm here obviously because I love their culture. Uh, anyhow, so I I I feel comfortable. Uh, you can ask me anything, uh, all right? If you want, I mean, I'm, I think I perform better if you ask me questions. I I have a question, but go ahead, Jessica. No, you go ahead. Um. Why didn't you go if if Mexico is like your home? What made you not choose not to go back there in December so you could be there during the holiday? So there must be something in Colombia. Okay. Yeah, that was my question too. Is like, how are you getting by? How are you? Money. Are you good at living like on a lot of money? Well, I, I think it's a it, it's easier said than done to go from one country to the next. Um, so if I could, if I had a lot more money, I would go there and then come back. 
<laughs> but uh, financially, I'm strapped, and there is a budget that I have. Uh, I think the what I'm doing right now is is I'm just getting by. Two things, well, three things I'm doing um, financially. To, so there's one that I have an interpreting gig that I do English to English to Spanish and Spanish to English. I can do on the phone. I can do virtually. And that's one. That's two. Well, I translate documents. So I, financially, I do what I can um, to, to survive. And, and, uh, and it's also very cheap. Colombia is a very cheap country. It's South America is right now going through a very economic crisis you know argentina right now is not the best place to to make a living but it's best for people who are living and making um uh receiving dollars as as work as pay so it just depends how you get paid um but to back to mexico i wish i could go back i wish it was that easy but it, it isn't as easy you know and i know going back would require a lot more money not just a plane ticket it would it would require me to gather everyone together, and normally that's like paying people's trips and their t and their and their and their passages, their ticket to get to home, um, which is at my grandmother's house because so many had dispersed, you know. So supporting financially is not able. I'm not able to support other people financially, even though on the side I always feel like I am. <laughs> a lot of people here for Christmas just want to go home and see their families and they're begging, can you just help me out with this or pay that ticket or pay this? I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> it's hard. Do you feel like you're with people you're close to there though? Like, uh, or do you feel like, you know, a little bit like not as close? Like uh, clearly you have loved ones in Mexico. I know you have people who love you here in the Bay area. Yeah. How do you feel in Colombia? In, in in Mexico, it's interesting. I don't have a lot of friends because I have a lot of family, you know? So yeah. I don't need friends. I have a lot of family. In Colombia, I don't have family. I don't have anyone here. But when I was going to different parts of towns and of Colombia, I always encountered other Mexicans, which was nice. So we keep in contact. But here... Um, but not all, I don't like to, like a few Mexicans, I will say, because Mexicans who travel obviously are either middle class or wealthy Mexicans. And they tend to be very snobbish and very posh. And I don't like the way that they are. So I, depending who. Uh, but yeah, I've developed a, a community of Venezuelan friends, mostly a lot of Venezuelan friends, more than Colombian friends. I have a few Colombian friends, mostly all of them are Venezuelan. And that's my community. That's my adopted family. I have very close relationships with them. Uh, I have still stayed in contact with a lot of sex workers. Um, they have gone through economic hardships, but uh, I visit them and I see them. I keep my distance, not like they're my closest friends, but I. But they they they've come over to the apartment. They've seen me. They've they've come over and said hi to me, and we chat and talk. I'll I'll get together and I'll have everyone in at one time because it's difficult for me to see everyone individually um when i have other uh, projects i'm doing such as uh, i'm at a community garden here at um, the botanical garden or i'm also uh writing that's what i'm doing and i'm writing chapter a chapter book for my nephew so i'm encouraging him to read um so that's what i i, I am doing uh there is a new project i would like to state that i am going to try this year coming this year which is Quequeda de la Izquierda, which is 
what I've asked you, oh, Andy, yeah, that we'd like yeah. to do a Spanish podcast in Spanish. And I finally had someone who was going to do it with me. I would love if Kenya is listening to join me anytime to to stop by and to uh, do an appearance frequently if possible. But I know he's got his other duties to take care of. So if he can do two, English and Spanish, that'd be great. But I have asked someone else to do it with me, who is Venezuelan, and, and that would be great for, for me. So that's the project I'd like to get started next week. So that's what I will be announcing. Everything will be uploaded on what's left, of course. That's that's what is coming up. So I have some projects in the works like that. What is it called, Eduardo? You get you had a In title. Spanish is Que Queda de la Izquierda. What's left, basically. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing, but in, in Spanish. <clears throat> and I think I even made a um a little logo for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you had, you had been wanting to study it. Like a, a year or two back, was it was something you really were passionate about. Yeah. So it would be great if you could pull that off. It is. It would be great. I've been ready for it for a long time, but I don't want to do it alone. Yeah. I, I don't want to do anything alone. I want to do it with somebody else. Yeah. And I want someone to have the time to do it with me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think so. that's cool. Uh, last question. Let's, Jessica, you have a question for Ted Warren. Oh, I was just, I just wanted to hear any updates on your sweet nephew or your SF fam. <laughs> your SF fam. Uh, well, updates on my family. I, my nephew's turned nine years old, nine, finally, nine years old. And we speak, it's, it's not the best. Obviously we speak, uh, virtually, um, we I we do a video call, and uh, and like I said, the what I'm giving him is a small chapter book where it's a story about a child that's been visited by an opossum who's a little witch who's asking him for help to go uh, to the mountains to go find this wizard because um, the wizard's been incarcerated, and so anyhow, there's this this long story of these animals. There's a skunk. There's a. There's a. It's all these Bay Area animals because I did it to get acquainted with the Bay Area animals. So there's a skunk. There's a. There's an opossum. There, there is a, a, a raccoon. It's all written in Spanish. I'm trying to translate in my head. And there's even a, a, a beaver because there's some beavers that live but farther out than SF. And so um, it's 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 about this boy trying to go get this to to save this wizard. And only children can speak to the animals because they still hold this innocence. And so as you get older, you you lose the ability to have magic powers because you you lose your innocence. And so, um, so I'm writing this story for him. And I've written uh, three chapters, <laughs> which for him are long. And I'm trying to write the fourth chapter right now for him. So that's what I'm doing to, as connection to my nephew and my family. Uh, my brother is is working things out on his own. I think for him, the 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 co-parenting that we've done for so many years for him, it feels like okay, we there's a break. Eduardo goes off for some months, comes back. So it, it's those transitions for him that I know are challenging. Um, everyone else in SF, I, I have. I've tried to get, stay in contact through WhatsApp or some other form of, I stay, I stay in contact through, you know, to messaging, but it's always difficult. You know, it's always difficult. I think who doesn't complain are my European friends. They always are just like, when you're back in Europe, just come and see us. You know, they're the ones who least complain about my distance. 
it's all my Latino friends in Argentina or Chile or in Colombia or Venezuela or in Peru who are just like, or in El Salvador or in Mexico, they're just like, how come you never stay in contact? How come you never message me? How come you never send me a text? It's like, oh my goodness, or my family, you know, or people in California, I feel. But I try to stay in contact as much as possible. It's challenging when you are surrounded by a different environment and different people, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Any last things people should know about your time, the time you've had away from here in the Bay Area? Well, I, I feel very, I mean, I don't know what people want to know. Just I feel disconnected to my community and the mission community who I get calls all the time. I feel like I still am connected, but I, I serve them in a different way. I serve them with information, immigration mostly. That's what I'm doing. I feel like an immigration advisor, which I'm not. But, um, you know, that's what I've been doing, just helping people out with their forms and answering questions and figuring things out and school stuff and school policies and stuff I'm not feeling very keen to organize around about. But yeah. that's just the way it is when people are in the system. I think maybe we should move to Jessica. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I want to know how Jess is. <laughs> Do you, Jessica, I know you said you have nothing to share. I mean, we can. No, I just open. don't have like big, like life updates yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Um, what and can I you tell us know, about? I feel similar yeah. to Eduardo that like, I don't know. There's like certain aspects of my life. And just, but I don't know. Right now I feel like I'm in a era where I'm just like not really sharing that much of my life on the internet and I'm like good with that um I don't know I'm a weird person I'm like very private but then I'll also like if somebody asks like not I don't mean on the internet but in in actual life like if anybody like a close friend um acquaintance or like a complete stranger asks me something I'm I have like no problem sharing I'm never like triggered of like oh my god like I can't believe you asked me that personal question or whatever um so yeah I just it's more like I just don't I don't have like any big updates and I also don't really know what people want to know <laughs> I don't know I'm not a celebrity um well I have some questions okay this. okay um first off if I remember right, you were also you were going to be looking into. First of all, I'd be curious what your experience has like been teaching this semester. You know, uh, it, it can be short, but just what it's been like, uh, yeah. like it or not. And I, if I remember right, you were thinking of maybe trying to find a, a different either either kind of position. I'm not even sure if it was going to be in teaching. Is that still the case that you're looking for? something else somewhere outside of where you are and maybe doing something very different. I, that I wasn't sure about. Okay. Yeah. So basically job stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, first of all, the academic, like in higher education, the academic job market is like a whole thing. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's like in other sectors, but you know, in the movies, when somebody like goes through a job transition, it's like, they apply for a job, they interview, they get the job, they start the job. Um, and I mean, you know, because I mean, both of you have worked in education, like everything's on 
a different cycle because of the academic year. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, so I got my PhD in 2021 and fall of 2021 was when I got my first like professor full-time job. Um, and so I was on the job market for like in academia, you, you apply like the full, almost a full year before. Um, it's like a whole thing. You have to have a whole portfolio and it's very involved. So like the job market for next fall has already started. Um, so I have actually been on the job market every single year. I guess I started in 2020 because I was anticipating getting my PhD in 2021. It's so boring. I'll try try to speed it up. Um, but because I was hired as a professor, I had a one-year contract as a visiting professor. Um, and then, you know, I anticipated that that contract was going to end because it was only a one-year contract. So I was on the job market that year again, and then they ended up inviting me to stay another year and extend my professorship. Uh, but I didn't know that until the end. So I was on the job market another year. And now I'm in my third year. So basically this happened two times. Um, so I'm in my third year of my professor position, um, like where I'm at now. So I've been on the job market every single year in at least some capacity for, I guess this is my third or fourth year. I don't know. And some, some of those years I've been more like committed to it. Like the first year I kind of, I kind of knew they were going to offer me to stay and I wanted to stay. And so it was kind of a half-hearted, like I applied to a couple positions. Um, but yeah, I am on the job market right now. I've been working really hard doing a lot of applications this past fall. It will be into January, maybe February. I don't know. Um, and then usually what happens is you get an interview, you know, if they're interested in you. Uh, usually that happens January, February, March. Yeah. Uh, it's usually a couple of different rounds of that. And then you might do a campus visit um, if they're like really, really interested in you. Um, and then you would be hired like in the spring for that fall. So it's a whole thing that I'm in in the middle of now. And it's very time consuming. I mean, I think any any area or industry or whatever, like, you know, the, the whole being applying for jobs is a full time job. Um, but I will say I'm like, I'm quite proud of myself because I think this year I've really, really shifted my attitude and I feel like I've been doing it from a, just a much better place. You know, I mean, I've talked about lots of my critiques of academia and, um, you know, doubts about whether it's like the place for me long term. Um, and a lot of those doubts I still have, but um, I'm not planning to leave higher education at this time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm actually really excited about it. I've had one interview so far already. I had one a couple of weeks ago out of school that I'd be really excited, um, to be at. Um, so we'll see if I get a call, another, you know, call back and hopefully we'll have some more interviews coming up in the next couple of months. Um, yeah, I, and as far as like, teaching like am i liking it is that, i think that's what you asked right Andy? yeah because like i've obviously had a deeper deepening souring from my experience you know so yeah. i'm just kind of wondering what your experience has been 
it doesn't obviously have to be that, you know, I, I'm just curious yeah. what it's been like for you. Kind of opposite, actually kind of like a, I feel, feel like, I mean, we were all just so traumatized in, you know, 2020 to 20, whenever we all went back. Um, I mean, I, I think it was like 18 months. I was teaching online and toward the end of that, I was, I was almost at the point of just like, fuck this. I'll do any, I'll go be a barista. I don't care. Like I can't do this anymore. Um, and I feel like every year since I've been in person, so I guess, yeah, a couple, a couple of years now, two, three years now, each term, depending on what I'm teaching, um, I've kind of like re fallen in love with being in the classroom with students. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like, of course, like, I, I hate a lot of the bureaucracy around it and all of that stuff. But I mean, the thing about teaching college, at least at the institutions I've been at, is like, while there is a lot of politics and shit, like, a lot of my job really is just me being in the classroom with yeah. students. Like, they actually leave you alone yeah. for a lot of it. And especially if you kind of know how to navigate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's not like restrictions and frustrations, but um, there's a lot that you, I think uh, college professors don't have to deal with that um, K through 12 does to some extent, just like more oversight. And uh, I have, I have a, I have control over a lot of my curriculum. Um, I will say like the one, one of the things, I feel like this, like 2023, um, I know I love the whole uh, stupid like journaling shit and like New Year's resolutions and mantras and like reflection. Mm -hmm. I love all that shit. So um, yeah, I've kind of been thinking about like, okay, like what, like what was 2023 for me? And I think one of the, one of the things, how do I put it? Like, I feel like I just got a lot clearer on what I want like for the things I want, even just like really tangible things. Um, and in, in the, I mean, in, in a lot of different areas of life, but in the, in the career area. So last year they had a tenure track position open up at the institution that I'm currently at. So a tenure track position is kind of like, I mean, it's a dying thing, but it's like, it's what you want. It's like stability it's not a one-year visiting contract like I've had, meaning I have to be on the job market every single year, like not sure where I'm going to be at any point, constantly feeling unstable. Um, you know, you have more protections and more stability and it's like, per you know, more or less permanent. Um, so there was a tenure track position op that opened up um, and it was in rhetoric and composition. So in... English in higher ed, there's kind of, I mean, there's a lot of different variations, but there's kind of like two tracks. There's rhetoric of composition uh, and there's English literature. Um, there's also creative writing, like my master's in, in creative writing, but that's kind of separate. Um, so you can get your PhD in either one, but, you know, pretty much every college freshman has to take a ret comp class. It's like a, usually like writing 101 type of class, like college class. So usually there's a lot of demand for those types of classes. So most English professors teach some ret comp. Um, and I'm fine with that. 
I'm good at it. I've taught a rat comp class in some capacity almost every single term since 2013 when I started teaching. Uh, it's I don't mind it. There's things I like about it. Um, so it, at that time, I was really happy here, um, like where I'm living. And it was a good opportunity. They obviously know me, uh, you know, so I stood a good chance. So I applied for it. Um, and I got to the very final, you know, like mm. I said, multiple overruns of applications, interviews, you know, and they treated, they treated it like, like they didn't give me any shortcuts or whatever. Like I did the whole everything. And I got to the final round. I think they had like three candidates do like the full campus visit where you give a job talk, you go and you teach a like demo, demo, teach a class and you do interviews with all the different people and tour the campus, which was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I know where the library is. I know where the consider is. It was kind of a funny experience. Um, but anyway, so I got all the way to the end, last three, uh, and I didn't get it. Mm. And they, the guy, you know, they, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just what they told me, but basically what they told me was like, we have no complaints. We absolutely loved, we love you as a employee and we love you. We loved everything that you, you know, brought to like the application process. But the guy who got the job, uh, has a PhD in rhetoric and composition uh i mean i know him now because he's my colleague and he uh it's like his dream job he that this is like what he does is like first year writing programs and like and you know it's it obviously sucks to like not get a job that you apply for especially after that much time and energy investment and when it's like that people know you um But it was such a blessing in disguise because it just clarified for me so much that like I, I no part of me should be settling for a retcom job. Mm. I, that's not what my degree is in. That's not what I love. What I love is teaching literature and, yeah. and that like, especially these last couple of terms, you know, I usually have kind of a split schedule. Like I teach a couple of writing classes um, and then I teach Sometimes I get to teach creative writing, um, but then I usually have like a lit class. Um, I just fucking love, I love teaching lit. Like I just, I love it. Um, so that's what I, like, that's what I want to do. And that's what I should do. And so most of the positions that I'm applying for now, uh, I'm being very, very discerning with anything that's more on the rec comp side. Again, like, doesn't mean that you won't teach rec comp. It's just like, I don't, I'm not. Don't want to be a professor of rhetoric and composition. It's not what I'm trained in. It's not what I want. So it's very, it was very clarifying for me. And I, I feel like that experience, which that was way back in the spring. Um, yeah, and it's, I don't know, it kind of feels like we're like the first two years here in this place, like just living here were great. Like it was so it's such a great, like nurturing transitional like awesome experience for me. Um, and now I feel like we're just kind of capped out and we're like, we're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's especially because it's winter. It's like our third winter here now. But um, so, yeah. And I'm also, I'm also publishing poetry again as of the last couple like months. That's like a pretty recent thing. I just had a couple pieces accepted in the last month or so that are going to be coming out next uh, early next year. And, uh, I haven't, I mean, I'm, I'm always writing, but I haven't sent my stuff out, like my creative stuff out. I've been publishing 
like critical stuff, but I, I haven't sent out my poems to anyone for since I think the last time I published a poem was like 2017. Mm. Um, so that's also like kind of a big deal and like also really cool to like I just started sending them out again and I've already had like two two pieces placed. Um so that's cool. That feels good. We need to do a poetry episode. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. Are you kidding me? I, I would, but you know, I know what just means because of our because of the world the way that things are going. <laughs> but I, I, I would love to hear it. I don't care if people want to hear it. There, there are episodes. Oh, that well, have, you like, meaning Jess's? Like I thought we were sharing poetry, but you mean Jess's poetry? Yes, yeah. we would. Yeah, love that's that. what he means. What you... Oh, I thought like a poetry episode where we share poetry. No, I don't care about poetry. Poetry. that. I would do that. I would do. And I know. Oh, I want to do the opposite. I, I, I see. I heard. I heard. I, I I understood differently. No, Jess. I think we should do a poetry episode just on yes. you. Thank you. All right. Good. Two out of three. You lose. <laughs> we could yeah. talk about poetry, but I don't know about. That would be great. So we should do that, but that'll be later. <laughs> uh, the uh, I I think that's a big deal to get clarity that you're talking about, and to it's a simple thing to say. Why not? go for what I want but it is we sometimes get confused and I get our heads turned by our fears yeah yeah and it would have been such a I mean you can leave any job like just because you have tenure doesn't mean you can't leave but yeah I just would have been like in retrospect I think it would have been capping myself like it would have just been like well I'm here well it's a good thing you know and I, I don't know, Eduardo, if you were going to ask anything, but I, I I would be curious in that in those in those episodes before you left, you were talking about kind of a new journey in relationship to you and wealth creation. Um, and I know you started your um, your tincture business. And my mom bought all your products, um, and you know, like and like she likes them. And my and Brandy has some, and now Emma has some. Um, and Heather was interested in them. I'm just wondering how that journey in terms of uh, not just in, the, in that area, because you actually have a, a number of things where you provide either a service or have a business. Um, I'm just wondering how, how you would describe that switch you wanted to make. Yeah, I you know. I, yeah, I, I monetized my yoga classes this past year um I did a fair amount of astrology readings and yeah I started my apothecary which you know I was looking back at my like journals from last new year's and like one of the ones that I think it was in my women's circle actually that we we did this exercise where you like write statements um it's kind of like a manifesting thing like you write them as though they've already happened Mm -hmm. so I wrote down the statements that I wanted to say at the end of 2023 and like have them be true um and it's funny because one of them was I started a business uh and the apothecary was totally not the business that I thought I was gonna start or like was intending to start into I did not think like a year ago that I would ever monetize that I was like absolutely not um I mean, I loved making this stuff like for myself and friends and stuff, but 
I was not intending for that to come about. But it's just funny, like how, like most of the statements, like pretty much all of them, except maybe one, uh, kind of came came true or whatever. Um, but not always like in the way that you expect, which you yeah. know that's like the magic of life. Um, yeah, and it's not ever something I'd want to do uh, full time. I think I know I have, I know a couple people who like that's their full time gig. Like they run something similar to an apothecary. Um, and it's amazing. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that's like my full-time calling, but I love doing, I love doing it on the side. It's so cool that like, yeah, people are, people are buying my product. I mean, it's not like by the hundreds, but, um, yeah, it's really cool. Very, very cool. And I, and I do really appreciate the support from you and the what's left fam and your, your, your extended family. And yeah, it's cool to see kind of like who who was like interested enough to to actually like buy a product it's kind of mm-hmm. it's a big deal yep yeah yeah and while like oh my god yeah i'm still still gonna be a big theme for uh 2024 for me is money mindset but i feel like i've i've come a long way since like it's kind of like six months ago where i kind of was like okay i'm gonna change this mindset or start to um and yeah I won't go into it but like one of the I had a couple of weeks just recently where it was very stressful my it was the first day of snow and my transmission on my car uh went kaput uh like irreparable irreparably uh dunzo uh which meant that the car was totaled which was not something I was anticipating and this is the this is the first car that I've ever owned like just myself I've only owned two cars and the first one I co-owned with Nate for eight years uh and then this car that I bought when I moved here was the first car that was like mine um and I was planning to sell it if I end up moving I was planning to ride it out through the winter and then hopefully sell it in the spring you know if I end up moving next year um and it's it's old and rusty uh but it's been it's been all right and uh it's it's great for the snow that's like why i bought it you know and so i got the fancy ass tire you know snow tires put on everything ready for the winter i'm like all right here we go let's do it transmission dies car is totaled it's snowing i have no like nate's car doesn't he works from home so he like his car does not drive in the snow like i couldn't even get to work if it was like icy um i mean it gets really like really inclement weather you know on the mountain passes around here you really like you have to have a car that can get you safely from point point b so it was really stressful and it was just like a huge financial thing that i was not anticipating for the year not only to like have to get a new car or like a you know a new used car but also to not get any of my investment back on this car that I bought. Like I didn't think I was going to make back like everything that I put into it, but I thought I'd get something in the spring, you know, that somebody yeah. would want it for like at least a couple thousand bucks or something. Um, but yeah, it, like it, even the scrapyard, like they only wanted it for the salvage yard only wanted it for um, scrap metal. Oh, <laughs> so I got like 200 bucks. Oh, <laughs> salvage the tire. Yeah, so yeah, we Nate bless him went to Portland with me. Uh, it was like 
the last two weeks of term. So work was crazy too. Weather was crazy. And we just, we bust our asses. We went out to Portland. We fucking just pedaled to the metal, metal to whatever it is. And uh, yeah, I have a sick new car. Uh, well, it's not new, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a really cool car. It's a Subaru. And um, I had to finance part of it which I've never, the only loan I've ever taken out in my life is student loan. Um, so it's kind of a big thing to like borrow money. Um, you know, I don't think that's like something to be taken lightly, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just like a lot of competing motives and like old patterns of thinking, but I think by and large, I actually navigated the whole thing better than I expected. I think I handled the stress and the money and also just like people offering to help, not necessarily like to buy me a new car, but like to accept like different forms of help when people offer it. Um, it's not something I'm always very good at, you know, it's like, Oh, figure it out myself. Like, um, yeah. And I, I like, I have this new car, which sucks to have car payments every month now but um it's it's a much more reliable car uh than anything i've ever driven before it feels like a spaceship it feels like elon musk is like in the car with <laughs> me kind of creepy but um but i'm like really happy about it and i like every time i go out to my car i'm like hell yeah it's my car like so i yeah it was it was i guess it was a like good like surprise test from the universe of like Oh, you say you're changing your money mindset, but like, try to navigate this one Jeff, <laughs> right. at the end of the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's been a whole a whole thing too. That's great. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I know what you're saying when you say uh, blessing in disguise, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and last update is I am learning to hoop. Bought myself a hula hoop like a week and a half ago. And it's awesome. It's like the most like useless, non-monetizable, absolutely, there's absolutely no purpose to it except for just like, I don't know, being like a 10-year-old. I mean, I guess it's like movement or exercise or whatever. There's, I could make up a bunch of things, but it's like, I love it. I love it. And do you mean like just doing the shaking your hips? Because I saw there's a person, I have a neighbor who does all sorts of things with the hoops on the hands. and Yeah, that's what I'm learning. I mean, I'm only like a week in, but I'm actually really, I've never been able to hula hoop for even like, you know, like 15 seconds. It's like, hard. Even when I was a kid, I, I don't know. I just, it never clicked. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to learn this, uh, but I'm improving really fast. Yeah. So I can like do like little transitions and I don't know. I, I think social media did something because I, I kept getting all these like videos and things popping up on Instagram of like people hooping. I think it's kind of becoming like a trendy thing now. Um, <laughs> and I think it just like at a certain point, I like got, I think I like liked one of them at one point and then the algorithm was like, oh, like she, she's going <laughs> to be on the market for a hoop. <laughs> she needs um, a hula hoop. Yeah. And my neighbors think I'm psycho. I'll like go out on my back porch. And like you know, <laughs> there, and just like put on my earphones and just fucking hula <laughs> hoop away. That's very random and very funny. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I'm just getting weirder every year. This is the um, Eduardo, do you have any questions? <laughs> no, I think Jess has covered a lot. I appreciate all of Jess's share. Oh, right. Um, and it's Nate and I's 13th anniversary this weekend. It oh, sounds like my you, goodness. you guys are doing very well. So I'm, I'm happy. Yes, that's what it sounds like. I appreciate everything you have shared, Jess. It really, you lighten things up. And, you know, wherever your journey takes you, I, I'm always going to be intrigued and people's lives and your life in particular, because I know you personally. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyhow. I can't believe um, it was spring when we were all together, too. I was thinking about that, I am, too. Yeah. I like experiences from the year, and that was definitely one of them. Yeah. I am wondering if that's something that might be able to happen, although I will say my spring break is going to be taken up uh, with driving Brian to New Orleans. But Ooh, if um I mean yeah no I'm looking forward to that if I don't know if you're thinking about being able to do something like that so um I would definitely welcome that if if, if it's possible well, we have to plan for it I don't want Jess to just be the only one coming over <laughs> yeah, I don't know or, I, a lot of stuff is like just I think for you as well Eduardo it's like I don't know when I'm going where or what's happening yeah, yeah. who knows but we'll all yeah we'll figure it or we could do what what I do with my friend Jake, which we haven't done in a while, you know. But if if I I plan to go over there, he then switches over to come back, come to me. But if he can't come and I have to go over there, then he has to contribute to, to, so that I can visit him. So we'll just have to contribute so you can come visit us, Jess. I do love that. Though. I don't know. It has a good energy. Even with you should them. come. You should come. Oh, you should be applying to SF. But you should well, Eduardo, you got to get back here first. Yeah, I'm not coming if you're not there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Last question though. What's everyone's? Do you have resolutions or like? I don't really have resolutions. I now have like mantras. I'll have like a mantra of like, this is like something I want in my brain for the upcoming, not even year, but just like the yeah next little. Um, like mine for my last year was uh, I step into abundance. Isn't that cringy? <laughs> no, no. Um, I love it. Yeah, I I don't think you're allowed to call it a resolution and then call it cringy. I think that's I think you have to <laughs> and be it. Um, what what's yours? Uh, why don't you start off, Jess, and then we'll we'll, we'll do around. Uh, well, I don't know. I haven't decided on mine yet. I still have three days, but <laughs> I can tell you like my contenders. Um, okay, one of them is make space, mm. both literally and figuratively. Uh, another contender is I wish I had my planner with me. I wrote I wrote a bunch of stuff down. Um, <laughs> Well, this is a this is a uh, Mary Ruffel quote, but um, what did she say? I think it's Mary Ruffel. Uh, I am listening. I am listening to what fear is teaching me, I, or I'm listening to what fear is teaching. I think that's the quote. And also, uh, um, 
what if it all works out wonderfully? <laughs> I like I like that one a lot actually. Uh -huh. What if it all works out wonderfully? Hmm. Instead of like, oh, what if this goes wrong, or what if right. Right. This, what if it's what if I can't do it? What if uh -huh. it all works out. I think those are good. Eduardo, do you have any? I don't know if I have mantras. I'd have to, that, that's a very good exercise. I'd have to practice. I, my, I think my, what I will say, resolution, uh, or, and maybe I'll share in the next time a mantra would, that resonates with me. I'd like to step into, uh, I think this year that comes, it's, it's uh, a lot of, uh, peace a lot with letting go of you know just letting go of 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 things but peacefully and harmoniously with love i don't i don't ever see things with anger or bitterment but letting go of things with love mm. and that means letting go of this community because i don't plan to be in colombia <laughs> next year and continuously come back after some time that means letting go of this community that I have here, that I have built and that I have love for. And that it feels very much like France, where I built a community there and went back almost every year. And, and then I haven't been back since. And it, it, I remember feeling very saddened over that. You know, the last time I was there, I was, in, I was there in 2019. But before 2000, I was there every year. I was going there every year. And, and now... I haven't spoken to those people and it feels sometimes sad for me. And now I think about my time here. And I was writing something in my journal about how the last winter I spent, I, I said to myself, I would not spend another winter by myself. And that was a winter in Spain because I went down south thinking I should go down to Spain. <laughs> and then it was horrible because I didn't have any community in Spain. All my community <laughs> was in France. So I went back, but everybody went to their homes to go visit the families. So uh, I was just writing, I don't want to spend another winter by myself and here I am in Colombia. And so I just wanna, I want to be here, be present, but also let go that I won't be here. I won't be back for some time. I won't, I don't know when I'll be back. I won't be here back next year. I won't be back in two years. I won't be back for a very long time. So I want to let go and still treat this like forever, you know, be present with my friends and with the community I built here. And as well as with my personal relationships, you know, if that means letting go, you know. So uh, that's that's what I look forward to. I will be doing a uh, 10 day or nine, really nine day, uh, 10 hour a day uh, meditation course here. So I'll, I won't be around with my phone. And I'll be meditating 10 hours a day. Mm. So I'll be away for some time this this month. So I'll be stepping into more meditation. Which I need to hone back some of my practice. Um, All right, Andy, what you so, got? Yeah, Andy. Oh, oh, sorry, were you done? No, no, no. I'm Nothing done. else? Okay. Um, well... I don't think in terms of the mantra, at least at least at first, I think the first thing that comes to mind is I definitely, um, you know, I've been being doing counseling. I've been in counseling for quite some time, and it's really been very helpful. Um, but I've started now 
just sitting with myself at that very same time that I would normally have counseling and just sitting there and being quiet and then just doing nothing, which I maybe that would be med meditating. So I, I really hope to continue that because um, I'll sit quietly in, in, during my counseling sessions and not say anything for some time sometimes. And, uh, and I, I want to just now try to go out on my own essentially um, outside of, and I'll continue the counseling, but I want to just break off my own. So that's something I, I hope to continue because I started that near the end of this year. Um, I want to continue to, to think of myself as being a family person and building a fam and continue to build a family and that includes, you know, not, not my blood family, but people here like Eduardo and Jessica and obviously Hema and Jennifer and Kenny. Um, and I want to just continue to grow that. Um, and I hope for myself, I hope to begin to build something like in the context of what we talked about, like build something worth defending. I hope to begin that process this year. Um, it would definitely start if I was doing this new teaching experience, that would definitely be feeling like I'm beginning on that, but I don't know if I, I it will happen, but that, that is the intention. That's what I hope for myself is, is to be to be doing something that I'm fully aligned with. Um, and uh, that's what I hope for myself. And, um, but I, I will keep looking for that. Not just this year, but every year. Um, but this is the year that I hope I, I get closer to finding something to get my hands into and do something that I believe in. So I think those would be the, most of my resolutions for myself. Yeah. For 2024. And uh, get Joe Biden elected. That's a big one for me. Yeah, vote blue no matter who. <laughs> <laughs> or alternatively, oh compost my ballot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, well, thank you all for doing this. And Jess, I thank thank you for ending on uh, the resolutions. I, I think that's important. I think we should, we we need to refine our refine. I don't think any of us had like a clear, crystallized answer yet, but we, we will by the first. I'm happy with what I got. Or why not? Yeah, you caught me off guard, Jess, when you asked the question. Well, then you were like, <laughs> "What are yours?" I was like, "I don't know. I got two more days." I think I think yours were yours were good. I mean, <laughs> I like having like one though that like I at see. least like for the next couple months. So like I this see. is this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I don't know if I can think of just. I have, one. To, I have to narrow it down. Happy New Year, everybody! Happy New Year! Yeah, and uh, I'm sure 2024 is going to be another humdinger. Freaking Pluto and Aquarius! Here we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been actually doing it uh, locally, like in person, which I love doing them in person because it's just a different energy. And then I have a online astrology class actually coming up in January. Oh my! That I need to promote, but <laughs> anyway, okay, let's end. Yeah. All right. Let's conclude. All right. So 
that was that does it for this week's episode <clears throat> what's left is a weekly political podcast slash channel challenge in the mainstream left we post information about our topics and our guests on the episodes where we found this episode or on our blog at whatsleftpodcast.com you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us I remind folks if you like anything you liked or heard something from this podcast this was a sort of a very uh, check-in uh, personable uh, episode but if you liked anything from past episodes you can always subscribe rate the future and on your notifications uh, to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble or Telegram and you can find our blog and in any of those um, to any of those uh, links in the episode notes where we found this episode uh, and uh, if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover contact us to our blog I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host Jessica and Andy Lipson. Thank you very much for being here. Both of you, it's very great to see you. And we'll see Kenny and we'll catch up with him as well. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this, Andy and Jess at this hour and for just talking. I loved it and it was nice checking it. All right, we'll see you all next time. Ciao.